You used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But in this ever-changing world in which we podcast, you've got to give it a try. The Harland Highway or die. Yeah, that's right. The Harland Highway or die. Was that a threat? Or was that just some friendly advice? I don't know. You take it at what you will. Um, But here's what's going on today, man. We're going to be talking about kissing. Um, We're going to be talking about weird kissing. There's a type of kissing that's a little hard to do, but I'm sure you've all tried it. We're going to talk about you being a track star, regardless of your age. We're going to be talking about sports yellers. You know, the people that yell during sports games. Uh Uh-huh. Smoking's coming up today. There's a startling statistic about how many people die. And I'm hoping that some of these newscasters die the way that they tease us with the news. We'll get into that. And then some kids coming in here to sing some campfire songs, which I really do not feel good about. Maybe... He'll fall in the campfire and burn to death. But you're not getting burned, because you're here on the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. <laughs> Man, keep it going. Love the show. You're hilarious. My blanket, my blue blanket, give me my blue blanket. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. It's the Harlan Highway. Have you checked the children? Ooh, come here, my darling. Come closer. Let me kiss you. Let me, ooh, let me come closer just a little. Ow! Oh, right in the eye. Uh. Yeah, how many of you have tried to kiss... With your partner, well, she's got a baseball hat on, and you've got a baseball hat on. You ever try that? It's like you got these two giant bills sticking out of the front of your forehead, (laughs) and your faces come closer, and then you kind of go into one of those mating rituals that you see birds do out in nature, or pigeons, or you start like moving your head all around from side to side and back and forth. It's, it's like some kind of weird mating dance. Kiss me, kiss me. Ow, ooh, ow. And the bill of the hats just keep getting in the way. And you don't want to take your hat off because your hair looks like ass or something. So you're like maneuvering your head, you're trying to position, and it's, it's, it's like you just can't find the right spot, and then you finally move in, and it's like the bill of your hat pokes someone in the eye. Ow! Or hits you in the forehead. Ow! Or scrapes your cheek. Ow! Why does kissing have to hurt so much? Ow! Shut up and kiss me, my darling. Bonk! Ow! It's my other eye! Shut up and kiss me. Bonk, 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 bonk. Ow, 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 ow. Your kisses hurt, but I love them so. Bonk, bonk, bonk. And the good side is we have no sun in our eyes when we are kissing because we have the sun visors on our foreheads. 
It's like when you try to stick two magnets together, you know, and they kind of push against each other with the, that magnet. You just can't push them right together, like, solidly. They always slide, or there's that... You can't do it. Good luck. Wear some protective eyewear if you're going to start kissing with uh, baseball hats on. It's a uh, comedy of errors, just like this show, The Harland Highway, with me, Harland Williams. Honk! Kiss me. Shut up! Aw, uh, don't you love your old ball cap? Hmm? We all have one or two or three. I think I have about 20. Um, but don't you love the old ball cap on the days that you, uh, you know, you don't really want to do the hair or the hair's not looking good? Or it's a day where you just kind of want to be incognito. You don't want anyone to recognize you, whether you're famous or not famous. You just kind of hide under the bill of your hat. Oh, the old ball cap. And you grow attached to it, man. You know, it feels good when you put it on. It gives you kind of that, it's like comfort food for your head. You know, if you could put a hot, steaming, gravy-soaked meatloaf on your head, that's what it feels like when you plop the old ball cap on, right? And this is probably mostly for the dudes, but, you know, the dudes usually have, like, you know, there's bacon grease on the bill of the hat, and there's, like, a big salty sweat stain around the rim of the hat. And that back band, the inner band, is black from all the oil in your hair. Right? And if you ever put the, the hat over your face in any way, it's got kind of that dank, musty basement stink. But yet somehow your old hat feels just like home. Feels like uh, your, your little bird nest. That you sit in, right? We love our hats, man. And you wear them, you know, everywhere, you know? You wear them, you wear them out fishing, you wear them out picnicking, you wear them while you're driving, you wear them in a restaurant, you wear them at baseball games. They just, uh, they go with you. And you don't really care what you're wearing. You don't worry about matching it up with the rest of your wardrobe. You just plop it on. Or maybe some of you have, uh, you know, different hats that you uh, you put on for different occasions. And then we've always got the uh, the little crest up on the middle of the hat. That's how we represent, you know, we've got like a superhero thing or we've got a, uh, you know, a sports team logo. We've just got something stupid and ambiguous. But uh, those hats are definitely an extension of who we are. They're an expression of who we are. And um, I remember when I was a kid, hats, baseball hats were not a common thing. Baseball hats were basically worn by baseball players and maybe truckers. And uh, when I was a kid, um, someone gave me a baseball hat. It was like a farmer's hat from a seed company. And I put it on when I was like 13 or, you know, 14 or something like that. And I wore that damn thing nonstop. I would sleep in it. And this was in a time when people never wore hats outside of traditional hat-wearing folk. Like I said, farmers, truck drivers, baseball players. 
it was very rare when I was a kid to just see a kid wearing a hat around a baseball cap as an accessory. And uh, I feel like I might have been one of the first guys, at least in my community up in Toronto. I don't know if if they did it down in the States, but uh, I knew it was a rarity because back in those days it was so odd. People were always like, why are you wearing a hat? And people would always grab it. Girls and boys, they'd always always grab the hat and snatch it off my head. I got your hat! And the reason they did is because it stuck out so much. It was so weird to see a kid wearing a hat and he wasn't riding a tractor or playing baseball. So maybe I was a little ahead of my time with the whole hat thing. But that being said, I've always loved a good hat, and uh, I'm a hat guy, man. So uh, let me go pull a rabbit out of mine right now, skin it, cook it up, and have a nice lunch. Hello. Hey, everybody, you're on the Harland Highway with me, your host, Harland Williams. And and this can't be a good idea. I I, I don't want to do this next bit, but I am being forced. My producer's like, you know, we should be talking about camping and sing songs and campfires. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, we could. And he goes, I've got an idea. Let's bring my son Timmy in and he can sing some campfire songs and kind of you know, tell your listeners, you know, how to do campfire songs. And I'm like, no, no way. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, way. So here we are. I got Timmy King is here. Hi, Timmy. Hi. So what, you're going to sing? You got a guitar or anything? Yeah, I have a guitar. I can't play very well, but I'll try. Listen. Okay, stop. No, listen. Stop it. Stop. Stop it. What's the matter with you, ass? Okay. Look, Timmy, just sing us a campfire song and let's get on. Let's get out of here, okay? There ain't no flies on us. There ain't no flies on us. There might be flies on some of you guys, but there ain't no flies on us. What the hell was that? It's a campfire song. What does that mean, there ain't no flies on us? Well, you know, there's flies all over the forest, like mosquitoes and stuff, so, you know. Can I do one more? All right, do one more campfire song and then out. Okay, take it easy, ass. Stop calling me that. Oh, Papa, don't preach. I'm in trouble, no. Papa, don't preach. What are you doing? Shut up, I'm singing. Papa, because I made up my mind. I'm keeping the baby. Oh, Papa, don't... Get out! I'm sorry about that, people. He's gone. Singing Madonna and flies and all this idiot. I'm keeping the baby. Get out! Idiot. How annoying was that? God. Idiot producer. Um, You know what else is annoying? I'm sure you've been through this, okay? You're watching the news, right? And you're watching CNN. And, um, you know, they come on and they're like, coming up. 
the uh, special guest or a news story about this or we're going to be talking to uh, Pamela Anderson or Jesse Ventura's here or uh, former President Bill Clinton coming up. And you're like, oh, okay, great, right? You're all fired up. You're like, cool, I want to see that interview. And then you sit through like, you know, 15 minutes of news stories. A bus rolled over a hill and somebody's place got flooded and somebody's crying racism and somebody's worried about gay rights and somebody's adopting 12 kids and somebody's shot someone and somebody did a drive-by. You know, all the regular fodder. And you're like, oh, where's that Bill Clinton interview? What happened to the Jesse Ventura? Where's my uh, Pamela Anderson? And all of a sudden, coming up, Pamela Anderson spills the beans on her divorce. Jesse Ventura, conspiracy theories. Bill Clinton talks about a threesome in the White House. You know, and you're like, oh, good. It's right after this commercial, right? And then you sit through a bunch of yeast commercials and a bunch of stroke pill commercials and a bunch of Plavix commercials and a bunch of hair plug commercials and a bunch of heart attack commercials and a bunch of diabetes commercials and a bunch of uh, auditing commercials and a bunch of lawsuit commercials and a bunch of asbestos commercials. (sighs) And then you come back, and they're like, okay, here we go. Jesse Ventura, Pamela Anderson, right after this story about someone who's a hoarder. And we found 12 dogs locked in a basement. Here we go. You're like, good God. So now you've been sitting there for almost 20, 25 minutes. They still haven't got to the story they teased you with. And you see where I'm going with this? This process just keeps going on and on and on. And they lure you in. They keep you uh, baited. They bait you with their teaser. And you're like, you know, I don't know that I really care a crap about what Jesse Ventura says or Pamela Anderson or Bill Clinton. I really, it wasn't that important to me, but... You know, it looked kind of interesting, so I'll stick around for three minutes to hear what they have to say. And that three minutes turns into 45, 50 minutes. They put the crap right near the end of the news hour. And you're like, you pricks. You pricks. What the hell do you think you're doing? What? It's a blatant tease. It's a, it's a blatant bait. And it makes me go, first of all, don't BS me, okay? You're just turning me off your news, okay? I don't want to watch you anymore because you're full of crap. You know, you just wasted 50 minutes of my time. I was supposed to go meet someone, and I sat around and waited for your Pamela Anderson story. And then secondly, it's like, what does it say about the rest of your programming? Like, doesn't that indicate that maybe the rest of your programming, your news stories, your coverage is so lame and boring and substandard that you have to trick us into watching it? You have to lure us into sitting through all that crap until we get to what we want? I mean, come on, guys. We're not that stupid, CNN. You know what it does? It makes you look stupid. It makes you look desperate. It makes you look insincere. It makes you look treacherous. It's just trickery. And we don't need it. We live fast-paced lives. We, uh, We have things to do, places to go. That's why news channels were created, man, because 
people couldn't wait till the six o'clock news came on every night. They wanted to be informed. They're like, come on, let's go. What's going on in the world? So if anyone knows the game about, uh, you know, getting information to us quickly, it should be cable news. So don't set us up for the kill and trick us and lure us into waiting for a lame-ass story and popping it in through the whole hour because the rest of your stuff doesn't stand up. Just doesn't look good. And I got cookies to bake, man. I got oil to change. I have love making to do. I've got I've got very important things to do. I can't sit around and wait on your dumb story. So there you go. Wow, there's me like daddy daddy TV reaming out his his cable children. You're very bad. Bad bad news channels. Go to your rooms. Go to your room with Jesse Ventura. Sit in the dark and see what he does to you. I'm buried in there deeper than an Alabama tit. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, you've been warned, CNN, and any other news channel outlet that would attempt to waste our time the way I'm wasting your time now, not stopping with this topic. I just keep going on and on, and I'm not letting up, and there's no solution. You can't stop me from blabbering on. <laughs> Hey, man, you uh, you got a cigarette? Uh, yeah, I also got a coffin. Why don't you lay in it? Yeah, smoking and death seem to go hand in hand. I don't know how many of you listening right now are smoking. I recommend you stop. Here's a frightening statistic that I just read. This century, a billion people will die from smoking. A billion Think about it. There's 6 billion people on the planet right now. A billion will die. Imagine the country of India. Everyone just dropping dead. I think they have a billion people in India. What would you say if everyone in that country just all of a sudden fell, dropped dead? We've got 300 million people in the United States. There's like 33 million in Canada. I don't know how many there are in Mexico. Imagine if all three of those countries, Canada, the U.S., and Mexico, everyone just dropped dead. And then some. Because that, that's, that still won't equal a billion. That's a lot of human bodies, man, piling up. All because of a stupid little white stick. You put in your mouth and you smoke? This is crazy. What are you smoking for? Why don't you just take up Russian roulette? Why don't you take up high wire uh, walking? Why don't you uh, take up threesomes with fat people? I don't know. All I'm saying is, you're walking on the edge. I know it seems relaxing and sociable. But how sociable is dying? A horrible black-lunged death. I don't know. I don't get serious that often on this show, but come on, people. Put the cigarettes away. Stop smoking. Don't be part of the billion that drops dead in the next century. You can be cool without the smokes. All you gotta do is listen to the Harland Highway with me, Harland Williams.
Yeah, that's right. I don't think my podcast is going to kill you. I'd be very surprised if too much listening of this podcast gave you lung cancer or um, heart disease or black lung. It might dement your brain a little bit, but that might be the only thing. And like I said, that might be. I'm not saying it will dement your brain. I hope it does. I really hope my podcast twists your brain into a canurdle, which is a German potato dumpling. Why I want that, I don't know. Maybe I have an evil plan. I don't know. Oh. So here's uh, here's something that, that is probably just as irritating as smoking, okay? How many of you have been out to the, uh, you know, a, a sports bar or a restaurant, and you're out with your friends or your family, and you think, oh, this place has always been good. Let's go ahead and get some ribs, some chicken. Let's have a nice meal, right? And it's one of these places that uh, they thought it would be cool, maybe get them a few more customers if they slapped up a flat-screen TV, right? And they'd throw sporting events on, and they'd sell beer for like a buck a, a mug. How about a Budweiser for a dollar? What's the alcohol content? Well, there's about a quarter of a mug of, of beer, and then the rest is water. We water it right down. Um, and so you're sitting there and you're enjoying your meal and all of a sudden there's some like fat slob guy who couldn't play sports himself. So he has to live vicariously through these finely tuned athletes. And it's cool that uh, people are sitting there watching the game, right? But then there's that one guy who forgets that he's in a public restaurant with other people eating and he's just sitting there, and he starts yelling at the top of his lungs. He's like, someone's making a play. They're running. He's like, oh, oh, go, 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 oh, oh, go, go, yeah! You know the guys, right? Just start screaming at the top of their lungs. It's like, oh, yeah! You know that crap? Oh, my God. You just want to pull out a rifle and start hosting a hunting show. The fat slob sits unexpecting as he watches the football game and shoves chicken wings in his fat face. <laughs> oh, he's down. We've got him. We've bagged ourselves an annoying, obnoxious fatty. Hey, what the fuck? Good Lord. You know, and I guess it's one thing if you're at a actual sports bar, okay? Then maybe, okay, I, I get it. You're allowed. But when you're at a place where it's not really a sports bar, but they've they've given the done the courtesy of putting up the screen so people can kind of check it out in their peripheral vision or kind of half pay attention, you know, just remember, you sports enthusiasts, that there are other people around. And I almost feel like they're doing it for the sake of the other people. Like I can't imagine if that person was sitting at home alone with a with a bucket of Orville Redenbacher popcorn on his crotch, and the same play was unwinding. Be like, oh, oh my God, oh God, you know, like who's he doing it for? I, you wouldn't just do it when you're by yourself. You're doing it because you want the people around you to know who your team is and who you're rooting for, and. You kind of want to share in the excitement and the progress of the team, which which is fun. 
but just remember where you are and who you're with and who's around you. And that's my etiquette lesson for today, okay? <laughs> Listen to me going off on the sports guys. <laughs> All right, here's why. I was at a place and that happened to me, okay? Here's, I'm, I'm, <laughs> here's why I'm pissed. I went out to a nice dinner with a friend and, and, her, and her mother, and it was like, you know, we were just enjoying ourselves, and this guy just kept exploding and yelling and eating chicken wings, and we are like, God! Oh it's like when someone jumps out from behind a wall and goes, Boo! You know, you're just sitting there eating your salad, and all of a sudden, and you're just, you just about jump out of your skin. Pussy! Some guy's cheering for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh! Oh, <laughs> so there you go. Don't rub me the wrong way, overzealous sports guys. Or you're going to feel a chicken wing in the back of your head. All right, how many of you people are track stars and you didn't even know it? All of you. And you know how I know this? Because it, it happened to me. You know, how many of you, when was the last time you ran a sprint or you had to do some track and field? Probably, uh, what, when you were in high school? Wrong. Think again. Okay, you're at the checkout line at the supermarket. You got all the ingredients for your big uh, dinner you're going to make. Let's see, you got the Worcestershire sauce, you got the meat, you got the spices, you got the white wine, you got the salad, you got... Oh my God, she, she's running everything over the scanner, and oh my God, I don't have the mushrooms. I need the mushrooms. Oh my God, what aisle are the mushrooms in? Uh, they're in aisle 12, way down at the end. Okay, I'll be right back. And they're at the gate. Go. Look out for that shopping cart. Hurl over the shopping cart. Jump over that kid. Look out. Swerve to the side. Grab the mushrooms and turn. Look out. Jump, swerve, crunch, bang. Okay, I got the mushrooms. <gasps> Not only that, you win the first prize trophy. <gasps> what? <gasps> you just won a sprint, sir. <gasps> oh, just give me the damn mushrooms. <sighs> yeah. We'll see you at the Summer Olympics. Over in Frozen Vegetables. Aisle 12. <laughs> It's such a sick feeling, too, right? You feel like you, you were so proud of yourself as a shopper. You thought you had everything. You're like, ah, oh, this is great. And, you know, you finally made it to the front of the shopping line, and you get all your stuff out on that little belt. And you're just kind of recalculating, okay, I got everything I need to make it just perfect. Oh, wait a minute, I forgot that thing. And then off you go, man. Oh, and what you've got to do is, while they're ringing in your stuff, you've got to make it back and then bolt it back to the cashier before she's finished ringing, all, ringing in all your stuff. So, yeah, you are a track star, and you didn't know it. You thought your, your track and field days were behind you, but nuh-uh. When it comes to the munchies, when it comes to getting all your food, oh, you are an Olympic track star um and speaking of finish lines 
Yes, sadly, we are at the finish line here for another edition of the Harland Highway. Uh, Let me tell you about some exciting news. Um, I did a movie that I shot and directed, and it's really silly. Uh, It's really fun, but it's kind of a passion project I did. It's called Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face. It's a full-length feature movie, kind of shot homemade style. It's not perfect. But it is entertaining and stupid and fun, and it's finally available. You can order it uh, at harlowwilliams.com. might make a good Christmas present, or you might just enjoy it yourself, or you might watch it and never watch another show for the rest of your life. Um, but either way, I'm excited. It's a uh, fun movie that I put together. Um, I wrote the script. I act in it. I shot it. I produced it. I did everything. It's it's one of those rare pieces of film that's just uh, kind of a, a project in purity, okay? Most films go through so many hands, so many people, uh, so many creative processes, and uh, sometimes they're good. A lot of the times they're crap. Um, this movie, you know, just for what it's worth, didn't go through all those filters. You might watch and go, well, maybe it should have. I don't know. You might love it. You might hate it. Either way, blame me. But uh, it's something I'm very proud of, something I had a lot of fun. A lot of my comedy friends showed up to participate. Andy Dick and Tom Papa, Alonzo Bowden, Michael Rosenbaum, Jessica Lundy, Bobby Lee. A lot of great funny people in the movie uh, with me. It's ridiculous. It's silly. Uh, check it out if you want. It's at our store uh, at harlowwilliams.com. The movie is called Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face. Now on DVD, put it in your collection or put it in your trash compactor, whatever you decide. I think it'll give you some laughs. Um, don't forget you can listen to the Harland Highway on Stitcher. That is a free app you can get on your phone, um, stitcher.com. And uh, it'll help you, uh, allow you to listen to the Harland Highway on your uh, your mobile phones. And uh, don't forget, there's a website for the uh, Fudgy Wudgy Fudge Face movie. It's called fudgefilm.com. And, of course, uh, we have a website now for the Harland Highway, uh, harlandhighway.com. And, as always, keep phoning me, keep sending me emails. I love to read them and play them on your phone messages on the air here at the Harland Highway Studio. Yes. Oh. Well, thanks for joining. Uh, keep your voices down at the restaurants. And uh, if you are at a restaurant, um, always remember to order a big bowl of chicken chow mein, baby. Who is this? My mother is dead. Have a really nice day today, folks. You deserve it.